0: I want to share some things that um, hopefully will remind us and encourage us in the truth of this awesome, awesome gift that God has given us. The scripture says that through the abundance of grace, the abundance of grace, we have received this gift of righteousness that we might reign in life. The gift of righteousness. Righteousness. I don't think we can hear it enough because the enemy wants to tear us down. The enemy, the enemy wants to remind us of our sins whereas God in this new covenant says, I remember them no more and I don't count them against you anymore but the enemy wants to always accuse you whether it's through family, through religion, through the world system, this gift of righteousness is powerful. In fact, if you, th- if you look at the armor of God that Paul talks about, if you really don't think too much about the armor and get all wrapped up in the armor, but think about what Paul is trying to say. He basically says, well, first with the armor, he says, gird with truth, breastplate of righteousness, mm-hmm. shield of faith, mm-hmm. sword of the Spirit, helmet of salvation, mm-hmm. and pray. But what he's really saying, if you take the armor out of there so you don't have this formula, What he's really saying is, the truth is, see him what is. The big thing about that whole scenario is righteousness. It's see what he's done. Righteousness. And when the enemy accuses you, shield of faith because of righteousness. Feet shod with the preparation of peace, the gospel of peace. That means because of righteousness, we have peace with God. We walk in peace with God. Righteousness is the key. It's everything. Because sin was the problem. Righteousness is the answer. It's awesome. It's awesome. And, and saints, remember this. The, sa- the, old co- the old covenant saints had righteousness imputed to them. We've talked about this before. It was imputed to them. But they descended when they died because they were not actually righteous. It was imputed. It was counted as righteousness through their faith. But they did not have what you have. Hebrews says that they might not be perfect without you. We not only have imputed righteousness, but imparted righteousness because of a new creation. They did not have that. It is not just counted for you. It is now you as he is so are you in the world as he is righteous so are you now in the world great is this mystery but we have truly been joined to him in an act of creation a new creation has been raised union has come bone of his bone flesh of his flesh the old saints did not have that He descended, Peter said, to proclaim to the spirits in prison, even those before the flood, and proclaimed what he had done on earth, the the finished work on earth. He did not descend, by the way, to be tortured in hell like some people teach. No, the atonement took place on the cross. It was the blood that reconciled us, not a later torturing in hell. No. He descended in victory. He descended in glory. He descended to proclaim, the Scripture says, to the spirits in prison that he has done it. And he led captivity captive and took them out of there, out of Hades, and brought them up through the earth into the other realm. And that is the cloud of witnesses that now say, don't be afraid. He did it. He really did it. It's awesome. (laughs) Righteousness, righteousness, righteousness. So powerful, powerful, powerful. Let's look at some of these things. I love this in in Matthew 13. Matthew 13, verse 34 and 35. Let's take a look at that. I just love this. Matthew 13. Matthew 13, verse 34 and 35. All these things Jesus spoke to the multitudes in parables, and He did not speak to them without a parable, so that what was spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the foundation of the world. I love that. There are things that have been hidden from mankind since the foundation of the world. Jesus said, I have come to open my mouth and reveal it. What is the, what is the biggie that has been hidden that is not revealed? In essence, it is Christ himself. Christ himself. But where it matters to you and me is what he has revealed. Amen. Is that God never, never intended to look to man to do good in order to be righteous? Never. That's awesome. He never intended to look to man to do good in order to be righteous. Which is why the Sabbath was the beginning of this unfolding hidden thing when he said rest. And Hebrews 4 says, this is what it's all about, my Hebrew brothers. We believe in what he has done and we enter into his rest. God never intended man to do in order to be. He only wanted man to receive from him and be. It's awesome. And that's love. That's pure love. That's love that says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Come to me. You are heavy laden and burdened and I shall give you rest. You shall find rest for your souls. Religion wants to burden you. The enemy wants to burden you. The hidden thing, the big hidden thing, is that God never wanted you and I to work. He doesn't even like sweat. He doesn't. I mean, that's why he said, "Let the let the priests wear the linen garments," because I don't want them sweating in there. The sweat on the, on the brow was a result of the curse because of the fall. God wanted us to enjoy Him. Righteousness has come. Not that work is bad. We don't hear uh, something off here. But <laughs> he wants us to, you know, have our blessed, be blessed in our jobs. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying God never intended us to work in order to be righteous. It's awesome. And this is the, the biggie that the enemy cannot defend against that's why it's a a breastplate of righteousness that's why it's the shield of faith that quenches every missile of the the enemy every single one I don't care how bad you've blown it I don't care how bad you've blown it as a believer see that's what we we tend to think well there's a certain there's a limit you know where we gotta no Paul was very clear about this he goes where sin abounds grace does much more, not just more, much more abounds. Religion is scared to death to hear that because they don't get it. But the true believer, that throws you into the throne of grace. That, that causes you to run to God. And that's what it's supposed to do. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. The enemy has no defense against the finished work of the Christ. Awesome. Okay, let's look at this real quick. You know, we talk a lot about the work of Christ in that Jesus took away our sin. And that's ex- so powerful and that is so true. And that He doesn't count our sin against us anymore in this new covenant, which is also So powerful and so true. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account anymore. For God was in Christ reconciling the whole world unto himself, not counting their sins against them anymore. But that's the negative aspect of what his work did. The positive aspect is that he did take away our sin and he does not count our sin against us, but he gave us something. He gave us the gift of righteousness and He counts that for us. So when the Scripture says, speak the truth one to another and encourage each other in the truth that we might be built up in Him, that's what He's talking about. Paul said, talk to each other about this. Remind each other that they are righteous in Him. Remind each other that He's not counting their sins against them and that they are righteous in Him. It's powerful. Let's... Let's pray briefly. And Lord, we just thank you that without your spirit, we can't see these things. Who can know the thoughts of God but the spirit of God? Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him, for those who have responded to him. But the Spirit is given that we might know those things now. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. It has been hidden. It has been hidden. Behold, behold, I show you a mystery. Great is the mystery of your godliness. Lord, I I pray by the Spirit of God that we would be so encouraged today to see and hear and be reminded of this awesome gift of righteousness. It is the blessing of Abraham. It is the blessing of Abraham that all who believe receive and are the sons of Abraham. Amen. Let's look at Romans 9 again. Uh, We looked at it last Sunday just briefly and then I want to go to uh, Galatians 3. So Romans 9. I love this. Romans 9. Romans 9 verse 30. What shall we say then? Romans 9 verse 30. What shall we say then that Gentiles... Who did not pursue righteousness, they were not looking for righteousness, they found righteousness, even the righteousness which is by faith. But Israel, who was pursuing a law of righteousness, did not arrive at that law. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as though it could be attained by works. They stumbled over the stumbling stone, just as it is written in Isaiah, in the Psalms. Behold, I lay in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Grace is offensive to the religious. But he who believes in him will not be disappointed. Chapter 10, verse 1. Brothers, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them, for my Jewish brothers, is for their salvation. I bear them witness. They have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. Verse 3. For not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, they did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law. For righteousness to everyone who believes. Awesome. Galatians chapter 3, please. Galatians chapter 3. You know, I've often read this passage about the blessing of Abraham and um, just pondered it. You know, what, you know what the essence is, really, of, of, of the blessing of Abraham? The blessing of Abraham in, in its very core, at its very core, in essence, is a gift of righteousness. That's it. God counted Abraham's faith as righteousness in Genesis, it says. From righteousness, everything God has flows. From righteousness, everything that God has flows. So what is the, if that is the blessing of Abraham, what is the curse of the law? The curse of the law in its essence is the sentence of unrighteousness. Because you can't do it. It's a curse. You try to live by the law, you try to do to be righteous, you're under a curse because you can never attain righteousness. So the essence of the curse of the law is the, is the condemnation of the law, it's the it's the sentence of unrighteousness. When Jesus became a curse for us, the scripture is talking about he, him becoming unrighteousness for us. He became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. This is awesome. I mean, the blessing of Abraham, you have the blessing of Abraham now. Why Galatians we're going to read it in a second. Why? That you might receive the promise of the spirit. Amen. Now what does that mean? Abraham was he didn't have the spirit. He was reckoned righteous and descended until the Christ came. For the Spirit of God could not be given until Christ was glorified, John said. The Holy Spirit could not be given in a regenerative way. It was in the earth. It was upon the prophets and the kings and upon Abraham and David. It was upon them, but not in them in a regenerative way. They had not, been pa- they had not passed through death and into life and joined to the risen Christ because he hadn't been raised yet. And the, and the sacrifice had not been offered yet. So they had to descend. They could not ascend. No man, Jesus said, has ever, ever entered heaven except the Son of Man, who descended from heaven. No, no man, not Elijah, not even Enoch. When Elijah was taken up in a, in a chariot of fire, and Enoch was not because he walked with God, they were taken to Sheol. When Moses and Elijah appeared on the Mount of Transfiguration to see Jesus, they came from Sheol, from Hades. No man had ever, had ever, had ever been in heaven, except Jesus said, the Son of Man, who has descended from heaven. Can you imagine the joy of the Father when He let them free from Hades? He says, The gates of Hades shall not prevail. What was He talking about? He was talking about the gates of Hades. The the devil, Satan knew he could hold man, if he could get man to sin, man could not pass into the heavens. He was already out of the heavens, and he was angry about that, and he didn't want man to pass into the heavens, and he thought he had him in Hades. And Jesus said, No, the gates, which means the authority, the power of Hades, will not prevail. Against him. That's what he's talking about. He would descend and release them all and all those who believe on him are immediately in the presence of God and there's no Abraham's bosom to go to anymore for the believer. As for the body present with the Lord. In fact, you already are there seated with him in heavenly places. You just need to get off this earth suit so you can walk around and enjoy where you are and see it with his eyes. It's awesome. For we have already passed from death and into life. And have ascended with him and sit with him in heavenly places. It's awesome. So the blessing of Abraham was given to the believers in this new covenant. The imputation of righteousness so that then righteousness could be imparted through the promise of the Spirit. A new creation raised and joined to him. It's awesome. I love what Clark says about how in this new covenant... You know, a lot of teaching out there says that, you know, God looks at you and he really just sees Jesus and doesn't see you. And, you know, we're pretty ugly and full of sin. And, but thanks to the blood of Christ, it's covered. And God doesn't look at the real me. He looks at Jesus and, no, no, no. Amen. I love what Clark says about that because he's exactly right. No, God looks at you. Amen. He loves you. And you are perfect and holy and blameless. Because of Christ, he did it. He he loves Peter, he loves John, he loves Paul, he loves Judy, he loves Dale, he loves Lynn, he loves Lee, he loves you. He loves Rocky. He loves Michael. I wish I could say everybody's name. He loves you. He loves me. I have been made new. He loves Kobe. Kobe's out there going. <laughs> he does love you, Colby. <laughs> he made me new in him. Otherwise, it's just words. Amen. New creation. New creation. It's a new creation. If any man be a new him, in him, all things have become new. See, this thing about um, positional righteousness... And real righteousness has has plagued the church. Because men have not really been able to believe. They have been unable to believe how powerful this act of creation is. Yes? Yeah, sure. That's just real quick. That's a whole message kind of. But just real quick. The cross... That, when he says, take up the cross and follow him, Jesus Jesus was given a cross. And he had no sin. So the giving of the cross has nothing to do with sin. I mean, here's a, think about this. He's perfect without sin, and he's given a cross of rejection from this world. The way most people teach that verse is that it has to do with putting to death your flesh and your sin and getting better, no Jesus was given a cross who had no sin consider him who suffered such hostility from sinners the the taking up of the cross is only for the new creation who is sinless the taking up of the cross is be willing to be rejected by this world as I was rejected by this world take up your cross take up the rejection don't give it back to the world and don't shun it Accept it, for we suffer with him outside the gate. That's what that's about. It has nothing to do with the flesh or sin or anything. It's the new creation who is in a fallen world who resists you. And so the Lord is simply saying, "Don't don't give the cross back to them. Don't render evil for evil. And don't run from the rejection and try to save your life. You'll lose it. Don't seek man's favor, man's praise. The ones who are giving you the cross, don't seek it. Accept it as he did. Fill up what is left in the sufferings of the body of Christ, as Paul said, receiving that same rejection he received. But it's not all rejection because we also receive acceptance from the body of Christ and from a world that's hungry and thirsty. So it's not all rejection. But when it comes, realize it. If they did it to my master, they'll do it to me. If they rejected your master, they'll reject you. Take up your cross and follow me. That's all it means. Isn't that awesome? It has nothing to do with sin and trying to be more holy or be more righteous. Or anything. In fact, only the new creation can take up the cross. Because the old creation was crucified once on the cross. The old man doesn't die daily. The old man doesn't die daily. The old man died once. It's over. As the scripture says, as Christ died once, now he ever lives. So you consider yourself as having died once, now ever alive unto God. When Paul says, I die daily, he was talking about the cross of rejection. He said, I have, I'm in, my life is being threatened by wild beasts in Ephesus and, uh, you know, the Jewish brothers are plotting against me. I'm, I, I die daily. I, daily, I, my life is, is a target. Daily, I die daily. That's what he's talking about. has nothing to do with flesh or sin or righteousness or nothing. It's just a matter of every day. We're like sheep led to the slaughter because we're in a fallen world. But when you know this, he goes, Jesus said, I tell you this ahead of time so you're not offended, so you're not, not hurt when the rejection comes. I tell you this ahead of time to prepare you because if they did it to me, they'll do it to you. Isn't that cool? That's what that means. It has nothing to do with righteousness at all. In fact, only the new, new man can take up the cross daily because you are a new man. You get the cross, the rejection of this world. But we are not to consider ourselves dying daily as old, the old man dying daily once for all time we were crucified with Christ. Now we are ever alive in Him. Amen. Awesome. Yes, yeah. It, it speaking of righteousness, you know, it's almost like centuries of church doctrine has become law for the Christian. Amen. We shouldn't even be thinking about being good. Like, what would Jesus do? Or I have to do a good deed every day. I mean, that shouldn't even be a part of our thinking because it's... You see what I'm exactly. Yes. That's exactly right. What would Jesus do? We talked about that one Sunday. How it sounds good, you know. What would Jesus do? But you're really just. You're doing. Yeah, and you are. and there's nothing wrong with doing, no, but, but the doing has to be Him doing the, through us. But for doing. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Because really, what would Jesus do is just another way of saying, you know, you know, what's the law? You know, tell me what to do, and I'll try to do it, yeah. and. You know, Jesus did not come just to be a good example of how we should do things. So it's like the Gentiles before, he says that the Gentiles didn't seek righteousness, but they found it. In a way, we have to have that frame of mind again, where there is no law. That's right. The Gentiles didn't have a law. That's right. And it was only piled on centuries of church doctrine that got away and away from the truth. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. It, I tell you, that's why we have to cut through this. That's why, that's why this message today... It's so important. Even though we already know these things, Peter said, it is good that I bring you to remembrance these things, even though you already know these things. Paul says, it's good that I remind you of these things, even though you already know these things. Paul said, stir up your mind by way of remembrance. One of the major works of the Holy Spirit is to bring to remembrance that which has already been spoken to us. You know, I think that the two wings of the great eagle in Revelation talks about the two wings of the great eagle to t- take the woman, the church, to the place God has prepared for her to hide her from the face of the serpent, to hide from the face of the dragon. I believe the two wings of the great eagle, we've said this before, the two wings of the great eagle are which the great eagle is the Holy Spirit, the, the two wings are revelation and remembrance. Revelation and remembrance because if you get if you get the revelation and forget it, it's no good. If you get the revelation and forget it, it's like you never got it. So it's really important. Remembrance. In fact, the only thing the Lord left us to do was to do something and remembrance. Yes. The bread and the wine. Remember. 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 So by revelation, the two wings of the great eagle, it's a revelation from the Spirit and a remembrance of the Spirit. Always. <coughs> constantly fanning us. Remember. Remember. Remember the truth. Remember the truth. Remember my love for you. Remember your beloved. Remember your mind. Remember. Remember. Remember the righteousness that you have. You live in my righteousness, raised in me, a new creation. All those things, powerful, powerful, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith against every fiery dart that the enemy would throw at us. The helmet of salvation just speaks of don't forget who you are. Remember, don't forget your mind. Don't forget. Yeah, Michael. That's where the battle failed is. And remember, that's where the enemy constantly is attacking our minds with the lies Kind of put us back with, you know, that that's right. That's exactly right. So that's, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Oh, man. Yeah, the Russ. Spirit of God is activity in, in our life in this film. He is reminding the enemy, his work is rewinding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Rewinding the tape. That's true right. That's true. That's right. mindset is resting yes. in the revelation. Yes, That's right. what the Spirit does. He reminds us and He says stay away from being rewound. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> resting in what is. Yeah, Ken? The power of the Spirit too is that when you rewind, uh, about rewind, whatever. Uh, when you go rewind the grace message, when you rewind that and remembering, remembering that, you know, uh, there, God is outside of time. And the Spirit is always, always complimenting or saying, this is the truth. As soon as you start hearing it, even though it was back in the 90s, you hear it again, it's like fresh. Yeah. And you're almost Amen. there listening to it and hearing yes, it. Yes, because the power behind that message, it's not just remembering it, but, you know, but the power that comes with that and the presence that comes with that. Also. Yes, the reality itself. Right. Um, th- that reminds me, Ken, that like, as a new creation, we have no past. So you can, re- you can rewind as far back as you want in the new creation. There is no past because God cannot join himself to anything that has a past. It's a brand new creation. I mean, he doesn't just, you know, when we sin, most church, churches teach that when you sin as a believer, it goes on the slate as you sin and as you confess it and ask forgiveness, God erases it off the slate. The truth of the new covenant is God says, I take away the slate. Scripture says Jesus nailed the slate to the tree. The instrument of recording the debt was nailed to the tree. That's the truth. It's awesome. Well, I wish we had more time. Um, God, we didn't get to Galatians chapter 3. If you get a chance, look at Galatians chapter 3 again, and we'll revisit that. The blessing of Abraham, the curse of the law, it's all about righteousness. Isaiah 51, Isaiah 51. Paul's Jewish or Isaiah's Jewish brothers were seeking righteousness. Isaiah 51 Isaiah says, "My brothers, my brothers who seek righteousness." Unlike the gentiles who are not seeking. Look, awesome verse. Isaiah 51. "Look to Abraham. Look to the rock from which you were hewn. Look to Abraham. There's something hidden there. Isaiah saying that. Look to Abraham." And when you go back to Abraham in Genesis, you see where God counted it as righteousness. The first time in the scripture that God ever gave righteousness through faith. Paul found that. He goes, what has Abraham found here in Romans? What has Abraham found? Oh, my God. he goes, This is what has been hidden. This is God's way. He never, never intended you not to work to be righteous. Rest for he who believes in what God has done has ceased from his own works, even as God did cease from his. It's powerful. It is your breastplate of righteousness. And the shield of faith will will quench every missile, every weapon that comes against you. Anyone that accuses you. The scripture says, they are not from me, the Lord says. Every weapon formed against you shall not prosper. In fact, those who condemn, you shall condemn. For your righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. And your vindication is of me. Awesome. It's powerful. The sons and daughters of God are a holy nation. A royal priesthood. Awesome. Lord, thank you so much. Lord, I just remember the the verse in Daniel, chapter 12, verse 3. Daniel 12, verse 3. That you shall give us insight... In the latter years, many shall have insight to help others see that you might help us lead others to this righteousness that we all might shine as the stars forever and ever. Forever and ever. Amen.